Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips from RelationshipGPSProject.com. So it sounds, Reggie, like you've had um, quite an interesting uh, relationship journey. It sounds like you had quite a few um, struggles in the beginning and um, seems to be something that you've been able to find your way to, to work through quite successfully. There, there has been some obstacles and some barriers in our relationship. Yes, absolutely. So, um, I mean, let's start from the beginning. Where did you, where did you meet? And... So, uh, we actually, the struggle started from the very beginning. It's, it's funny that we're talking about struggles. Um, we, we met through our exes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, there was a whole lot of, um, interesting occurrences that led up to us meeting, but we, we met through friends and we were both with other people at the time and our exes actually dated each other, which made it even more odd. Um, but we met and we had an immediate liking to each other. Uh, it caused some problems, as you could imagine, being with other people. Um, we did rectify it. We did end our relationships before pursuing anything with each other. Um, I'm happy to say that because a lot of people don't do that. Uh, and it, we, we lost a lot of friends in doing it that way. But it was in the long run, it was worth it. Um, the the actual process of meeting was really weird because uh, she was moving in with roommates that had just moved out of where I was living, so she was helping them move. And it, it was I, I know it's corny and it sounds really weird, and I smile like a goofy kid every time I say it. But I literally the first time I saw her, I said, you know, I want her, and that was that. And even though I had a girlfriend at the time, you know, you can't really control those feelings. Turns out she felt the same way, so that's positive. Um, but that's that's really how we met. It led to some uh, turmoil among our friends, but we we had to stick it out together. So, okay, so so you were so you had a girlfriend, and uh-huh. your girlfriend had dated her her ex, or correct. Oh, okay. So in the, the, past, the people we were with at the time when we were when we met had dated each other right previously okay and so you met and there was an instant attraction mm-hmm. and you felt like she was the one for you and she felt the same Absolutely. Um, and so you told your partners about this was it was this it, took a couple, it took a couple of months it was about uh four or five months of um little flirtations here and there and little comments. And it actually took about three months before we even really realized that the attraction was mutual. Um, you know, a lot of times you're in a relationship with somebody and you may find someone else attractive and you hide it and you keep it to yourself thinking it's nothing. Um, Mm. this kind of started to develop through the flirtations and we were hanging out as friends because we had a, a group of friends that were, that would, we would all just hang out on Fridays and Saturdays or go to the bar or something like that. And uh, it became more and more difficult to conceal the fact that I was highly attracted to her. And now, through developing a friendship, insanely interested. Um, and it, yeah, it, as you can imagine, that causes some problems. But it did take a couple of months to, for it to really come to fruition. I want to say we met in July of 2008, and we didn't actually officially 
call ourselves together until July or uh, January 1st, 2009. So just about six months total. And so, um, so I mean, was your girlfriend aware before you told her of, of like what was developing? I think she was a little bit. Cause I know that women just have that intuition, I think. <laughs> um, but it, one night we were sitting around with our friend, with our, our group, and we were having some shots. And we were smoking cigarettes and everything. Cause I, we used to smoke cigarettes. And um, everyone went inside, and we were standing behind to finish our cigarettes. And uh, I, I just looked at her. I said, can I say something that's completely just inappropriate? And she said, yeah, what's that? I said, I want you so bad. And she looked at me, and she said, well, at least the feeling's mutual. And that was kind of, I mean, the alcohol kind of helped me be a little more forward with it, but the, the yeah. feelings were genuine. And from there we, you know, we did conceal it a little bit longer, but eventually we did uh, about a month after that is when we finally uh, ended it with our other partners. Okay. And so how, how did your relationship been like with your, your ex, like your ex now, but the current girlfriend then? Um, Actually, uh, th this when I said that our struggle started in the beginning, um, the day I broke up with my ex, uh, she swallowed 12 sleeping pills and landed herself in a coma in the hospital for 10 days. Okay. Um, and my current, Tab, uh, Tab, who I'm with now, uh, she drove me to the hospital every single day to see my ex. Um, when I got the news, I was at work. She picked me up, took me to the hospital the first time, took me there every day to see her, um, and really supported me through that. Cause it was, I mean, it, it was really rough. You end a relationship with somebody and they immediately to everyone else's perception appears to have attempted to kill themselves. Um, and there was a note involved and everything like that. And it was a really, a really difficult time. It took me a long, long time to get past the fact that it was not my fault and I'm not responsible for her choices. Um, but it, a lot of our, our friends couldn't separate the fact that, that, that act was, was her, her decision and, um, you know, had nothing to do with what I had done because our relationship was ending far before that. Uh, it just, it just hit, hit that breaking point for her, I guess. Um, so that, that's, that's kind of how she reacted. Um, then my, my current girlfriend's, her ex, uh, her ex reacted quite differently. When I got the, the first night I went over there, he was there and the chest puffed up. What are you doing here? And so I'm just, just hanging out. Um, and actually the first, uh, the first night that we had spent together, her ex was outside the window. Uh, that, um, yeah, her ex was outside the window and uh, was knocking and trying to get attention to her attention. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really, our, our exes didn't take it well. And it, it, it created some, some hurdles to cross just immediately. Uh, yeah. And yeah. And you, and you said that, that, that it caused uh, a lot of falling out amongst your friends. Oh yeah. Lost. Oh yeah. I had, um, I had friends that just told me that I was selfish, that they didn't understand how I could leave someone like that. And, you know, truth be told, a lot of people are not going to understand your choices for leaving a relationship. But um, in, in, in that particular relationship, I had to remind my friends, like, you don't see everything that happens. You're not in those intimate moments and you're not behind closed doors. But it, it was a lot of they, they didn't they didn't see what I saw. and They didn't see what I experienced in that relationship that made it 
to the point that I had to leave. And then to add insult to injury, when she, when she did the act of swallowing all those pills, it, it really, I, I didn't understand why people kind of took her side on that. I get it now. It's been, you know, it's been 10 years now. I, I get it. You know, it's more out of sympathy for somebody that, that you side with them. Um, but it, yeah, a lot of friends just, cause it, they saw it as cheating, even though I didn't cheat on her and I didn't do anything with my current uh, fiance or since, you know, at the time when I was still with my ex, a lot of people still saw it as cheating because we had the, the flirtation and almost the plan, if you will, to, to be together. And I think that that's where a lot of people just didn't quite think what I did was right. And today I can say that I probably agree with him. It was not the best idea to leave one relationship and jump into another. Um, but to, to, I guess, to quote a, a, an old saying, the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah. I, I mean, um, you can't, you can't control when you get to, to meet someone. And, uh, so if you feel that, that attraction and you, and you feel like this is the person that's right for you, um, which your situation seems to born out there was, and, um, yeah, I mean, you can't control the timing of that. Really not. Um, yeah, I mean, I always think if, 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 if you feel good about what you've done, um, you know, other people might not understand, but as long as you can look in the mirror and you feel that you've done the right thing. Oh, no, absolutely. And in, in that regard, I can tell you um, with, with everything that had come to, come to find out after the fact, 100% made the right decision because it turns out she was, she was done with me also. Uh, it was just I happened to get to it first. Okay. So, so what had that relationship been like then? Um, that relationship was um, that relationship was, uh, I would, I think the best way to describe it would probably be borderline abusive, not physically. Um, but there, there were, there were times when things were made to be my fault. Um, I was made to do things that, just kind of weren't it just wasn't something that you make people do um the 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 best example i can think of is uh when we'd have guests over um and if i didn't if i didn't clean right away when she cleaned because in, in my in my reason you cleaned your house after your guests left um but if i didn't clean right away it was that we would fight in front of people she would say things that made me sound like an idiot um and it was always uh it was always on me to do stuff and on on me to make decisions on me to to clean and to cook and um she had some medical issues and i'm i'm not downplaying her medical issues but it prevented her from doing a lot and it it did feel because of her attitude that you know it's kind of taking advantage of it and and using it in our relationship to almost make me feel bad and do more things for her and I'm not saying that that is the case because I, I really hate to assume that. Um, it's not a conversation we've ever had, um, but that's that is the the feeling that I got and the feeling that our guests got. The the Thanksgiving before we broke up actually, and my current my current girlfriend was there for this one. Uh, the Thanksgiving right before we broke up, I had I had taken the dogs out instead of cleaning, and what ended up happening is she ended up yelling and screaming at me and, and demanding that I immediately uh, clean the floor while our guests are all standing there um, having coffee. 
So I was down on my hands and knees cleaning the floor with a small scrub brush. Um, and just, just things like that, just, it, it stacked up. And then she also had, uh, another, another friend or, or she called him her soulmate. Uh, he was always around. Um, they never slept together and they never supposedly never did anything. Um, but it was, it was a package deal. So it was like, uh, being with her and him, which is odd because I'm a straight man. Uh, there was nothing, nothing sexual between the three of us, but the relationship and the expectations of support and um well support was there both financially and emotionally so i was expected to support him emotionally support him financially as well as her and that gets to be too much when you're you know when you're trying to be in a relationship or when you know we were engaged so at one point in the future it was supposed to be a marriage it was it was rough and i just it it's one of those relationships where you're in for so long it just becomes a habit and it becomes the normal um and you don't think that you can break away because you don't think that anyone else is going to put up with you or, or deal with you or love you for who you are. And, um, it's, it's 100% false. If, if that's the kind of relationship you're in, there's always going to be someone out there that's going to love you. And that's actually, that's what my current girlfriend, uh, did for me is she, I was feeling down on myself and some self pity because of the situation I was in with, with my ex. And, you know, always feeling like she was the only one that was going to love me, the only one that was going to put up with my attitude, the only one that was going to put up with my quirks. Um, and I'm unloading this on our friends that we all used to hang out with. And my, my, my girlfriend now, Tab, she slams her hands down on the table and she goes, well, maybe that's because you never give anyone else a chance. And that comment right there opened my eyes and everyone eyes need to be open to that, that when you're when you're in that type of relationship that you just feel like you can't get out of because no one else is going to be there for you, um, it, you know, sometimes you gotta take a look and, and ask yourself, you know, are you really giving someone else a chance? And that was the case. I wasn't giving anyone else a chance. I had reserved myself to believe that that was the only person that was going to ever love me. Mm. Yeah. So, so often I think we make up the story of, we decide for other people without let, giving them the chance to, to decide, um, yeah, absolutely. whether they're going to love us or not. So th- the question that comes up in my mind is, is talking about your, your ex girlfriend, um, what was it that made you feel that you couldn't say no or made you feel that, um, you needed to do what, what the things that she was telling you? Um, I, I'm a very empathetic person and for her, because of her medical issues, she couldn't find, she couldn't find work. And the, the guy that I had mentioned, her, her soulmate, her best friend, he was also struggling to find work because he had had, uh, back issues. So there's only a certain type of work that he could do. Um, and it, it, I felt bad. Part of it was that I, I, part of it was, I felt like no one else would love me, but the other part was I felt like who would support them and who would be, who, you know, where would they live? Where would they go? How would they support themselves? And it's, it's, it's another one of those things that you kind of have to, and it's, it's going to sound insanely cruel, but quite frankly, when the relationship's done and there's, there's no more, the, the love's not there anymore. It's not really your responsibility to figure out how they're going to support themselves. And that's something that is hard as it is to come to terms with for someone who, you know, I have that feeling of responsibility to the people that I love and the people that I care for, because I still care for them. I still care for both of those individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have that feeling of responsibility. It was really hard to, to say, you know, this is over, get out. Cause they're both living in my house with me and my, you know, with my mother as well. 
And I, even after we broke up, I told him, I said, listen, stay, stay as long as you need. I didn't stay there, but I let them stay there. Um, and that's, that's really, it was that, that financial and emotional responsibility. And then combined with the feeling that no one else is going to love me for me and no one else is going to support me emotionally the way I need to be supported. Um, you put those two things together. It's a dangerous mixture to, to trap yourself in a relationship. Yeah. So, um, I'm curious if, uh, were you able to, like, are you, are you still friends with your ex-girlfriend or is that all completely no. finished? Yeah. Um, it's not, there was never really a discussion or a choice made. Um, after, after we ended it, there was, there was a lot of comments and a lot of things that had come out that were just cruel and combined with, um, you know, I, I mentioned that there was a letter involved that appeared to blame me when, when she attempted to, to, you know, to hurt herself. Yeah. Um, she had woken me up in the middle of the night one night when I did stay there after we broke up, just screaming at me that she absolutely hated me and, and wanted me out of her life. And, uh, she had, she had said some cruel things in the hospital when I went to see her, like, Oh, I can't believe you're here. Why would you even show up here? Like things like that. Um, she, she told me that if my current girlfriend was not a mother, she would have killed her. Um, so saying, saying hurtful things like that and, and making threats like that, it makes it really easy. It makes it a lot easier to just continue walking away. Um, we attempted to stay friends for probably about a year, but I, I just stopped putting in the work. Um, it, it no longer became important. And I saw that it was hurting my current girlfriend that, that I kept trying to retain that friendship. I'm the type of person I try to remain friends with all my exes, um, because there's a reason that they're in your life in the first place, because there is that care for them. Um, and I've succeeded with most of them, but this is one that I just, I can't, I can't kindle that friendship because I, I don't actually know if it, if there was a friendship there or if it went straight from strangers to relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, then I'm curious to, to hear what happened next. <laughs> yeah. Cause this is, I know this is actually no, not, not even close to the reason that that we were talking and just kind of got, got into it. Um, but no, so I had been with tab for, uh, we, we got together in January, 2009. Um, everything was great. You know, she had a daughter, uh, four years old, about to turn four years old. Um, our daughter immediately took to me, uh, as a matter of fact, she started asking questions about if I was her dad and things like that. And eventually we let her make the choice to, to allow me to be her dad. Um, and to, to choose me as her dad. And we, uh, we stayed together really strong for the first year. You know, we had our ups and downs. As I mentioned there was a lot of drama with leaving the ex and, and trying to keep that friendship with her made our relationship a little rocky the first six months to a year. Um, but we were able to make it through. We had uh, moved a couple of times. And what had happened, um, she was, her and her daughter were living with me and my mother. and. I had lost my job and my mother was, uh, she had had a credit card settlement that was garnishing her wages. So we had a serious decrease in the amount of money that we could put into the house. And, uh, it had uh, got to the point where the finances were so tight that, you know, it caused, caused fights. And, um, I was having some emotional, uh, issues and I was in therapy for and getting that straightened out. And, with the loss of income comes, you know, you can't pay your rent. You can't pay some of your other bills. Our cable had got shut off. Um, our electric would go off for a day or two and then we'd have to turn it back on. 
Uh, and our rent ended up being about three months behind and we'd got to the point where we were being evicted. And this was them. I'm fast forwarding about two years. This is the summer of 2011 that I'm talking about here. Um, the first two and a half years are pretty solid. You know, you have your ups and your downs, but when we hit this financial crisis, uh, it, it, it put us in a place that was, it scared us, um, because we didn't know where we were going to live and we got a kid to think about, you know, uh, by this time she was, um, six uh six years old i believe i think she was six. Oh god i hope she was six because otherwise i feel bad um so six years old and the the only thought in our our head is because we've seen friends go through this where they can't pay their rent so they end up couch surfing bouncing from couch to couch from friend's house to friend's house and the only thing playing in our head is i i can't do this with a six-year-old we can't do this with a six-year-old you can't do that to a kid like you can't have that that lifestyle of not really knowing where you're going to sleep with, with a kid in the picture. So um, my girlfriend's from Massachusetts and her parents are still up there. They still own the house up there. And uh, I, it got to the point where we could, we weren't able to get assistance for rent. We weren't able to get assistance to find a place to live. Um, we got caught in a couple of loopholes. We either made too much money for one assistance program, not enough money for another assistance program. Um, it, so it, it got a little, little tight and it got down to the wire where our eviction was about a month away or, uh, less than a month away. And I told her, I said, you know, it, I think it's time you call your mom. And so we ended up deciding that she was going to go to Massachusetts for a couple of months until we could, uh, get the financial situation ironed out. And so, uh, in July of 2011, she packed up her 1995 Camaro with everything that she could and her and her daughter uh, drove to Massachusetts took them about four days to get there is a horrible storm as they drove drove up there Uh, neither me or her mother slept a lick the entire time but uh, that's I remember it like it was yesterday Um, and when she got there uh, you know she was able to find a job relatively quickly she quit smoking. She lost some weight. You know, our, our daughter got into a really good school, actually the school my wife went to when she was a kid, the elementary school. So, uh, you know, life turned out to be, it actually came surprisingly easy and, and came surprisingly simple for them. And, um, I ended up not being able to straighten out my financial situation in the six months that we had agreed on. So, um, six months became a year, uh, and, and the year became two and, Two became three and eventually became five years that, that she spent in Massachusetts. And, and you were trying to touch in, where you were? I was in Florida. Okay, so, so that's quite a distance. I mean, I'm in the oh, UK, yeah. so... Uh, from yeah. Front door to front door is thir- uh, 1,363 miles. Wow, so that's, that's quite, a, quite a drive then. <laughs> yes. Um, so... So uh, now I'm I'm guessing that the first couple of years um, for her to move in with you and your mom is probably um, in a lot of cases that would be quite a lot of strain, and then obviously the financial things is going to be a lot of stress for you at that time. It is, especially um, in in a new relationship. It was, yeah, yeah, and so w- now. I'm imagining there was times there was, a, you know, a lot of stress and that generally causes arguments. Um, 
so I'm wondering, what did you learn from that and, and how did it affect the relationship? Um, I would say that the, the one, one thing I did learn from the, the two and a half years we were together is that cleaning the house is a mutual responsibility. Um, that was one thing that I, I really struggled with um, was keeping the house clean. Uh, it's not something that I, I was an only child. I was very spoiled. So if I decided not to clean, eventually my mother would just do it. Um, and I don't blame her for that. She, you know, I, I love her to death. And, uh, but that's, that's how it was is if I just didn't do it, my mom would eventually just do it because she didn't want to, um, you know, she was a single parent. I'm only a child. So we had a very special relationship. So she would naturally just do things for me and, and to keep my life some, you know, easy and happy. And that prevented me from being able to keep the house clean. Um, so we struggled a lot with our cleaning issues. Um, and that put a lot of stress on my on my girlfriend because she likes a clean house and was raised with a clean house. And I was not. I was raised that someone else is going to clean it if you just leave it there long enough. Um, so I learned that if you leave it there long enough, it gets thrown at your head. No, uh, <laughs> she never <laughs> threw anything at me. But I did, I did learn that it, it is a mutual responsibility to clean a house. Um, I did also learn that if you feel a fight coming, sometimes it is better to walk away. Um, and, you know, breathe and think about if it's really worth the fight, because most of the time it's not worth the fight. It's something that you can talk out 10 minutes later if you just drop the attitude. Um, and I also learned that she put up with a lot of crap. Um, I, I think what I learned the most in the two and a half years, and unfortunately it took me the five years being apart to, to realize what I learned, was she, she put up with a lot of crap from me because I, I used to have an anger streak, not to the point of becoming physical with people, but especially if I was looking for something that I couldn't find, um, things would get thrown, uh, words would be said you know, about myself or about the situation. If someone tried to help me, I, I would get a real attitude with them, like, oh, of course I look there. And, you know, it, it, I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about her and the fact that I was not the person and the, the calm, cool person that I thought I was. And she put up with a lot of stuff and there's a lot of times where she probably should have walked out. Um, and I learned how strong she was to the fact that she dealt with the first two and a half years of what we went through. And were you, were you recognizing that as you went through, or was that something that you, you found later, like when you reflected on? Um, I did not learn all of this until she was gone. And yeah. it's, and I don't mean gone out of my life because we did maintain a relationship in those five years. But if we would have, we, we've talked about this numerous times. She's sitting next to me now. She's nodding her head. We've talked about this numerous times that uh, if, if we would not have separated, that our relationship probably would have ended. If, if she hadn't moved to Massachusetts for that time um, and the situation that we were in with the, the fighting and the cleaning and the me just not like when I, when I was in one of my moods, I guess we'll call it. I just, you couldn't, you couldn't talk to me. You couldn't have a conversation with me. And it, I didn't realize this until she was in Massachusetts and I'm sitting alone in a, in a, you know, 10 by 10 room that I'm renting from some guy off of Craigslist reflecting on, on our life together. And it's a lot of people realize these things after their relationships over. And I was very, very lucky in the fact that I didn't have to end, we didn't have to end the relationship for me to have these realizations and to be able to start fixing myself and fixing the things that, that needed to be fixed. 
yeah that, that's that yeah that typically is the kind of thing that people find out later yeah. like you say when it when it's too late yeah so, it is so there's one thing you, you skimmed over quite quickly but um i think yeah. it's really a really significant um learning uh, that you learn to wait 10 minutes to fight you said yes yeah so you know a lot of times when something just strikes a nerve it could be something someone says a situation that happened um you know it's it's easy to just jump into that fight and start screaming and yelling at somebody especially if they did something that you didn't like um i I don't even remember some of the stuff we fought about that's how, how trivial it was um, but, and that, but that goes to show, you know, if, if you immediately jump into a fight, it's, it's going to, it's going to end up in a, at a point that you have no idea why you're even fighting anyways. And you're probably not even going to remember the reason you fought in a week. Yeah. So the, the one thing we try to do now, and it, it doesn't happen all the time, but the one thing that we, that I've tried to do is, you know, when I feel that coming and I feel that irritation, as you say, all right. We'll just talk about it later. Or I don't even bring it up when I'm mad. I'll wait until I have time to think about it. It's, it's hard. It's really hard to do. Okay. So that, that's really interesting because that, I think that is one of the, mo- the biggest thing that people need to learn to do in, in a relationship. Is it's hard. <laughs> oh, they do. We all do. It's, it's hmm. human nature. We're emotional beings. Hmm. So, so what, what I'm just, really trying to pick apart the the exact process so you feel the emotion and that's the time when you'd normally would sulk or you'd you'd say something or whatever um Mm -hmm. but what you're doing is you're saying to yourself you're saying okay it doesn't matter i can deal with it in 10 minutes we can talk about it later normally something usually does get said and then it's that realization of nope 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 we need to we need to wait on this um the knee jerk reaction is always going to be to say something. And most of the time I would say 90% of the time, I can't stop myself from saying something. Mm. Um, but I try to keep it's, it's, it's taken a lot of practice and I have to actually thank my job for, for part of the, the reason that I've learned to do this is that when, when you're faced with an emotional situation that you have that knee jerk reaction to react emotionally back is to do, to do something to remind yourself of that commitment to not react. And one of the things that I do is I will, I will hold my own hands or now I'll like, I'll play with my beard. Um, and it's, it's kind of like a, an, a subtle reminder that I've given myself to hold back the things that I want to say and to, to, to wait until the situation's fully, uh, you know, fully out there in front of you and, and you know what you're dealing with, um, no matter what it is. So, so that's one of the things that, it, that I learned through my job. I work in a call center and as you can imagine, I'm faced with a lot of, uh, dramatic and interesting situations, mm. but, through, through doing that and through working with, with, you know, having 20 people have terrible days every day and having to not react to them and stay positive for them, it's helped me to, to kind of do that in my personal relationship as well as to kind of have that, have that, that reminder to not react right now, but to wait. And so if there's a reminder that you can give yourself, um, I know some people like twiddle their thumbs. Um, they, they clasp their hands together. Some people clasp their hands together very, very tightly. Um, I know somebody that like they play with it, like they, they rub their fingers along their mouth, not in like a, 
it sounds really weird to say, but it's, it's almost like in a, a thoughtful way. Um, I, I, uh, I play with my beard a little bit in a thoughtful way and it's, it's that reminder to, to step back. So you have to give yourself a reminder. It's not some, I don't think it's something that's going to happen naturally, at least not, not right away. Okay. So I'm really interested. You said that, uh, your girlfriend is, is Tammy, is it? Tab, Tabby. Tabby. Um, and you said she's sitting next to you. Uh, about three feet away from me. Yeah. Okay, and would she? I'm, I'm curious if it's okay to ask her. Would she say the same things, or was would she have something different to say? Um, do you? I, she says she doesn't want to talk, but I'll. Yeah, no, do you agree? Fine. You've heard me, or you've not been listening. Do you agree with the things that I'm saying, or do you think differently? And she said, "No, it's about right." Okay. Okay. So so. Yeah, so it sounds so, and it sounds like you had like five years to kind of miss each other to 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 reflect on yeah on the early days. Uh, and the 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 five I mean the five years were rough in them rough in themselves because um, in the beginning it was really hard because I was coming to terms with the fact that she wasn't coming back immediately as we had discussed it, or discussed discussed it. <laughs> as we had discussed you know she wasn't coming back immediately. Um, I began to sulk. I, uh, I tried to seek, uh, emotional comfort elsewhere. Um, and, uh, we came very close to ending it when I realized I came very close. Actually, I got to own that fact. She's probably staring at the back of my head right now. I came very close to, to ending it with her, uh, because she wasn't coming back. Um, but immediately after having that conversation with her, you know, I realized that that's not what I wanted and that's not what, where my life needed to head. And I, I dropped into tears, called my mother. Like, uh, I was able to rectify it. I ended up surprising her in, uh, on Thanksgiving of, uh, 2011, just a, just a few months that she'd been gone. I had already, you know, I had already almost pursued a relationship with someone else. And, uh, it was a form, it was, it was almost in a way of being manipulated kind of like I was with my ex and everything. And I had to pull myself immediately out of that situation and, and remember that the, the reason that we agreed to stay together when she left was because we knew that we wanted to be together. We just couldn't right then and there. Um, but I surprised her on Thanksgiving. Uh, she had no idea what was coming up. Her best friend got me from the airport. I arranged it with her mother after apologizing profusely for being uh, a jerk for about a month. Um, and after I surprised her, it, to to her and and I'm I'm kind of remembering what she's told me after the fact, and she's gonna either nod or smack me, not really, uh, but to to her she said it was almost like that that solidification that I was willing to put in the work, or and that I was willing to to wait the time that I needed to wait and to to deal with the situation that we were dealing with rather than run away from it, and that a lot of people I know when they have that physical separation, it's easier to just run away from it. But if it's something that, you know, you want and that emotion and that passion and that love is there, it's not something that you have to run away from. It's just something that you have to work through. Yeah. And she said that she just told me, she said that the need coming up there for that Thanksgiving was, was that big initiative and taking that initiative to say, that this is what I want. And this is, you know, you're, you're the person that I want and I'm going to go through hell and high water to get to you. And I mean, I didn't go through hell or high water, but I did go through Georgia and the Carolinas. It's like <laughs> the same thing. 
so the, then you had five years, which must have been difficult. How did you keep, aside from that, like the rest? So that was within the first year, wasn't it? Yeah, first, that was that. within the first six months, yeah. And then um, how did you keep had, the next four and a half years going? Oh, such a, we, and at the time we had no idea that we had such a long way to go. Truthfully, no idea. Um, we, we didn't think it was going to last. We thought we were, we thought we were just doing it until something came along or until we just lost touch as you know, most people just lose touch. Um, and even after going up there for Thanksgiving, it's still one of those things like you're living 1300 miles away. There is no way this is going to work without a plan to be back together physically somehow. And, um, we, we had to somehow make a plan, but we couldn't because she genuinely wanted to stay in Massachusetts. Our daughter was getting better education. She was working. Um, she was working in photography, which is her, her chosen field. Um, I was making really good money where I was. I had ended up getting promoted to the supervisor where I was working, but she made it even harder. Um, we had had plans where I was supposed to move up there. Um, that didn't work out. Uh, what we really did and what really helped though is we talked uh, just about every day and on the days that we didn't talk um, there was usually a really good reason like you know we were out doing something or we were just busy working all day um, we talked every day we I made it we made it a point to see each other every every time I could save up the money I would fly up to Massachusetts I would fly them down here um, I will say the the one positive side of this, and I can't I can't go without saying this because I know she agrees with me. The one positive side of having the separation is that the time that we did spend together, we got to make some incredible memories because I I mentioned that I had gotten promoted, and so I was I was I was making decent money being a a single individual with roommates. I I ended up having a, a good amount of extra money that I was able to save. And so on vacations, we would do things like theme parks and cruises and zip lining and going into caverns and New York City and Niagara Falls. And so we were able to do these incredible vacations and make really good memories for our, our daughter to remember, you know, the time with me being there is, is always, you know, we were always doing something and the memories that stick with her are the bigger ones when, when we were together, because that's when we made our big memories. You know, you know, when you grow up, and you think back as a kid, you, you, you only remember the, the big things that happened. Like you remember the first time you went to Disney World or you remember when you, you know, went to Six Flags for the first time or you remember when you went on a cruise. Those are the things that she remembers and I'm there and all of them. And that, that's something that, was, that came out really positive of the five years. But we made it work just through communication and um, visit, visiting. You know, you have to make a point to, to see each other. Um, there is a physical need of a relationship um, that goes without saying, especially for men. Uh, mm. And so you, in order to keep yourself sane, in order to keep yourself in that relationship, you know, you do have to see each other physically, if at all possible. Um, yeah. And so we, we made that point to see each other. We talked all the time. We still had our fights. We still had our disagreements. We still had our, our days where she felt like I didn't talk to her enough. Um, and I felt the same way. She went through a period of time of almost a year um, in which uh, she had gotten a really bad infection in her eye and had to have a whole bunch of surgeries. And for me not being there, that was really hard. And that made, that made it really hard for us to not talk sometimes because 
she was going through a lot and sometimes I wasn't always available for her. So when things like that happen, when you, when we would go through those really emotionally trying times or for her, that was, you know, that was a really long time to be without that support of the person you love. Um, it, it, it makes it really hard, but still making that time to talk and making that time to the time that you would spend together each day, you still have to spend together. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, and I suppose it's, it's, it's the thing of like the hope of looking forward and the feeling that one day you will be together that, um, yeah, yeah it makes you, makes it easier to get through. Well, yeah. Easy, yeah. But yeah. It, okay. it makes it easier, but it still seems like, it still seems like a dream. Like it still seems like, you know, when you're, you know, when you're a kid and you want to be a major league baseball player and you know, you, you play baseball in high school and, and even though you get really good, and even when you're playing sports in college, it still doesn't feel like you're going to become a professional. So even though we were putting in the work and we were putting in the time, it, it still didn't feel like we were going to get back together for, for a while. Hmm. So it still felt like a dream and still felt like it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then the, the dates came when, when you were able to be together. <laughs> so, and yeah, that, that happened. Uh, we planned it for about a year. So after the four years were up, um, they had, uh, her and her and her daughter came down here and we had gone on a cruise and, and we had went, went to SeaWorld with my mother. And, um, I, I think in that vacation, she had had the realization that I, I couldn't, I was not ready to just up and leave. Um, my mother's older and I mentioned I'm an only child, single mother. So, um, my mother is still single. Um, and I'm still an only child, but she's older. She's handicapped. She's in an electric wheelchair. She has some mobility issues. Um, and she has some heart issues now as well. So, um, I think that my girlfriend realized that I wasn't ready to just up and leave my mom, especially. And in that vacation um, is when she kind of started to come around to the fact of coming back to Florida instead of moving me to Massachusetts. And that summer of 2015 is when she told her parents and, and she told her friends that in a year, you know, I'm going to move back to Florida. And we wanted to wait until our daughter was out of elementary school. So we, that's why we waited the extra years to allow our daughter to go through fifth grade and, and finish out elementary school at the same school. Um, and, and, and we made, yeah, we made that choice. We made that choice. And so that for the entire, that entire last year of us being apart, we, you know, we had a plan, we had a, a date. It still seemed like it wasn't going to happen, but we had a plan and a date and, um, it it became really real six months out. Um, I started looking for a place for us because I was still, I was still living with my mother. I figured why not have me and my mother support each other while I can. It's not like I'm living with anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to find a place for us. I had to, um, uh, the place that I found had to be cleaned up a little bit and, and some work done to it. And it, it, it's the, yeah, the day finally came and, um, I drove up to Massachusetts. I drove, uh, uh, it took me two days, me and my dog, I stopped in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And then the next day I stopped in New Jersey because I, I had an uncle that stayed, lives in New Jersey. And the day after that, they took a bus down, uh, from, from Massachusetts to New Jersey. And I picked them up in Newark, New Jersey at the bus station. And we went to the Statue of Liberty and a week later, we drove back down to Florida and moved them in. We did go up to Massachusetts in between that time frame. So, yes, sorry. 
After the statue, we went to Massachusetts, spent a week there, and then drove down to Florida. She's correcting me in the background. She's screaming at me. Okay. So, but, um, yeah. Okay. So, um, and so I'm imagining that must be a challenge because your daughter's got older and she's, although she's had her biggest experiences with you, mm-hmm. um, you, you haven't been there kind of day to day. Right. Um, and I imagine her and, and your, your partner had got into their own kind of rhythm and routine. Um, so what was it like when you all got back together? Oh, um, well, uh, we had done our best to prepare our daughter. Um, you know, I, I had told her that, you know, some of the things that you've gotten away with, you're not going to get away with. Uh, you know, I, I have rules in my house that you're, you know, you're going to be living, we're all going to be living together. So, and it's going to be a little bit of a smaller place. So we're going to have certain rules. Um, I told, you know, we talked a lot about schoolwork that had to be done. Um, when it finally happened and we were finally down here, I think the, the biggest adjustment was the, the loss of alone time. Um, which is really weird to say, cause you know, when you spend five years apart from somebody, uh, you, you would think that alone time would no longer matter, but it's, it's quite the opposite, you know, cause you grow to be used to and accustomed to having that, that solitary time to yourself often. And, um, and losing, and both of all three of us really losing that because, you know, it is a small, it is a smaller apartment and, um, it is only two bedrooms and it's basically two bedrooms, a living room and a kitchen. And, uh, so we were in a very, very much of a smaller place. Um, and then having three of us all in it together, it, it did create some, some fight and some tensions, especially organizing the house and decorating the house. And, uh, we had, luckily we had done a lot of talking leading up to it. So it, we didn't fight a lot about what the house was going to look like or, or anything like that. What we would end up fighting about is, is the, the little tiny details of how we're spending our time. Um, and that's where that's that appreciation of having the alone time. You know, my wife spent a lot of alone time in Massachusetts. I've, I was, I spent every night by myself pretty much watching Netflix. Um, so that was the biggest adjustment was getting used to, to having people there again, even though I wanted them there. And even though, you know, we had planned for it and hoped for it and wished for it for so long when it finally happened, one, the first two months felt like a vacation because that's the only time we saw each other for five years. Um, and two, it, it was difficult to have someone always there all of a sudden. Um, and then to not have as many wonderful things that you can do because now you know, I'm supporting, I'm supporting her and I'm supporting our daughter. I'm paying more for rent. I'm paying more bills because I'm no longer splitting it with, with somebody. Um, it, you know, we couldn't do all the wonderful things that we used to do together, the zip lining and the things like that. So we, it, it, it became a little, it was, it was an adjustment. I'm, I'm thinking back to it now. It, it was, it was quite an adjustment to not be able to do all those things. Luckily I live in an area where they have a lot of free festivals and free events that happen. So we're still able to get out and, and do stuff together, but it's not the same. You know, it's not a cruise. It's not sea world. It's not six flags. Yeah. So, but the, the loss of alone time, it, it's, that's probably the biggest one. Hmm. Biggest adjustment. Okay. And so it's now been five years on, isn't it? 
Foggy. Um, it's been, that was, she moved back the summer of 2016. So we've actually officially, we have been together physically five years and apart five years, if you put all the time together. And so two and a half and then five years apart and then two and a half since she came back. So we, we have, we have kind of a sandwich right now. Hmm. Okay. And, and so it's a much smoother two years than the, or, or three years since the, the first first couple of years yeah it's hmm. been it's been almost three years since they moved back to florida okay so if you were to you know i'm thinking of people who might listen who um who may be in a long distance relationship mm-hmm. um what would be your top three to five tips for handling a um actually the, the visit in is is a priority. I'm, I actually made this post on Facebook about three years into our relationship, the top five ways to, to manage a long distance relationship. Um, number one is uh, communicate daily. Um, number two is make time to see each other, whether through Skype or in person. And three, four, and five are keep it in your pants, keep it in your pants, keep it in your pants. <laughs> okay, <That's>, so... <laughs> That's, I, I hate to say it that way, but that's, if you can communicate and you can find a way to see each other, as long as you're, even if you're, even if you're not, even if you're not talking, just being on the phone together, like even still to this day, I can sit on the phone with my wife for 10 minutes and not say a word. Yeah. Like even if, even if you're just there, even if you're just staring at each other through Skype, we used to Skype and we would just lay in bed and just make faces at each other, like stupid little faces. Um, find a way to see each other, find a way to still have those intimate moments, those stupid little things that you would do when you're together. You know, when you're together, you'll sit there and you'll make faces at each other. When you're together, you'll, you'll, you'll sit there and just be like, I love you. No, I love you. Like you do that. People don't admit it, but you do that in a relation. We do it now. We, we still do it. Um, you got to make time for those silly moments and you have to allow them to happen. Don't just end the phone call because you're done talking. Don't just end the Skype conversation because there's nothing to say, you know, continue it. And then the last, the last thing you do is just really, really, and truly don't sleep with anybody else. And I think that that's probably a lot harder for men than women, but it's, that's, that's one of the biggest things I think in relationships with long distance is that fear that you're going to be intimate with another individual and then it's never going to be the same because regardless whether you have permission or not, and I'll be honest, I had permission in the first year and I, and I did, I did it. I, I did, I didn't have an intimate relationship with two other people. Um, I told her about both of them and I did not do anything past the first year. Um, I did have permission. Uh, I realized that I didn't want permission and I didn't want that life and I didn't want to be that person because I still felt like it was cheating. Um, But even if you do really try not to have a physical relationship with anyone else, because for, for a woman, especially that I've noticed that that is, that is probably one of the biggest reasons that a relationship ends is because after that happens, the physical relationship to a woman is much more valuable than, than it is to a man. And when that physical relationship is no longer personal between just two individuals um, and, and someone has gone off and, and it could be a woman or a man. This is just what I've known in my relationship. But one of the, one of the, one of the things with, with 
that that physical relationship is once it's happened, even if you have permission and even if the forgiveness is there, it's still not quite the same. And that that's the biggest piece I think for a woman is to have that physical intimacy still be very personal and still only be like, we're the only two people that are physically intimate. Um, for, for, for her, for example, for me, it's, it's that worry of, you know, has she, has she been with other people or, you know, if she, if she had been and she, she had not been, but if she had been for me, it would be, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I think as, as, as a man, my, my first, my first thought, and I'm sorry for the humor is, you know, was he better than me? Um, and you know, that, that, that kind of thing I think gets to us. And I think that those questions, if, if you, if you do make that mistake and you do have an intimate relationship with another person who you're not with because they're further away, um, you have to tell them you, and you, you have to really work to get past it because once that's broken, it's not going to be the same. There's not going to be a hundred percent trust there. I don't have a hundred percent trust from her. She says I do. I know I don't. Um, because I did break that. And that's, that to me is one of the crucial pieces is if you can manage to not be intimate with someone else, then I think that that's, that's going to save your relationship more than anything else is that keeping the intimacy personal between you and the person you love. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, thank you for, for sharing that. It's, um, it's been interesting. Uh, you've had a an eventful and a um, and a, and you've had you've brought a lot of awareness and consciousness to to your processes and to and to like the way that you've developed and ways that you've been able to manage the um, relationship and 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 that's that's a relationship that's gone through a lot of uh, challenge and stress. It has. Okay. It definitely has. It's it's been a ride, but you know what? It's it's worth it in the long run. When it's the person that you're meant to be with, um, you find a way to make it work. You find a way to get through all the stuff. And when everyone else is looking at you and saying, "Why do you keep doing it?" You know in your heart that you're doing it because it's the right thing and it's the best thing for you. Okay. Well, it's it's nice to hear. Uh, I mean, I spend most of my time talking to people after a breakup or pe- people who you know, the relationship isn't going so well, but it's nice to hear um, from someone who, you know, that, that their relationship is working out and they found ways to, to make that fulfilling and, and, you know, to get that kind of relationship that everyone wants. Yeah. I mean, it's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. And, and this, this is probably something I, I'd say to anyone doing a long distance relationship, or even if you're, even if you're going through a breakup, like, it's not going to be perfect. If you're looking for the perfect relationship, you, you, you're going to have to date a rock because yeah. it's, it's not going to be perfect. There's, there's nothing about a relationship that's going to be perfect or easy or simple or happy all the time. Um, and that's something that I think that, that the five years apart and then even coming back together, you know, cause we still fight, we still have disagreements. We still scream and yell at each other. I still get pissed off when I'm looking for stuff. Um, but we've learned ways to manage it and through having the five years and talking daily, this is why communication is the most important piece of a relationship. Through talking daily and communicating, I know how to talk to her and I know how not to talk to her. And 
you learn to communicate. When the only thing you can do is talk, you learn to communicate so much better. We always joke around, and I, always, I tell her, I said, you know what? It should be a condition of getting married that you have to spend a year apart. Because the, the time that we spend apart of only, only talk, that our communication is incredible. And I think that, that that's something I think everyone could learn is spend some time genuinely just talking to your partner. And then without, without talking about the finances or the bills or the, the, the job or the, the friends or the drama, literally just talk about stupid stuff and your past and just, just communicate. And that, that's one thing that has really helped us. And I think um, for people going through a breakup too, or, or even considering a breakup, um, that communication piece is huge. If you spend some time just talking, it, it makes all the difference in the world. Mm. And so, I mean, I mean, communication is, is so important for so many reasons. Number one, to understand how the other person is going bef- so that you're not making up stories in your own head of what, of what the reality is. Um, number two, expressing what, what you're doing um, and then it's also keeping the bond and it's, and it's dealing with challenges and, and things together. Um, mm-hmm. So are there particular ways that you've learned about talking together um, from that time? You, you said you, you learned how to talk yeah. so much better. So um, one, of the, one, of the, one of the things that we've learned a lot about each other is, is how we as an individual communicate and how we as individuals take in information and put out information. And um, what, I've, what I've learned about her is, you know, I can't just, just come to her with something important. I have to kind of work up to it. Um, and one thing that she learned with me is she can't spring something on me that she wants to do. It's got to be brought up in advance. I'm, I'm more of a let's plan the weekend rather than, hey, it's Saturday. What are you going to do? Um, we've learned that, you know, I've learned that there's certain ways that I can talk that are going to upset her. Um, and then I can say the same thing in a different way that doesn't upset her. And it's, it's not really learning. It's, it's not really something that is going to fit every relationship because you truly have to learn how to communicate with that individual. Um, Cause I can communicate to, to anybody, but it doesn't mean it's going to be effective and it doesn't mean it's going to be, it's going to be personal. It doesn't mean it's going to mean anything, but learning how not to push her buttons, learning how to bring things up in a way that she understands them, um, learning how to, to say things that frustrate me in a way that's not going to frustrate her. Um, Cause you know, in a relationship, you have to be able to bring up your concerns. So, uh, an example I, I give sometimes, I, I tell her, I said, you know, sometimes when, and I can't think of the exact example, so I'm just going to make one up. So I, I would tell her, like, you know, sometimes when we talk, I feel like you don't, you don't pay any attention to me because you're scrolling on your iPad. And she tells me, well, you know, I can multi, I can listen to you and hold a conversation and, and be on my iPad. No, me, I cannot. Reggie, like I'm talking about myself now. I can't hold my phone and scroll Facebook and have a conversation. Yeah. So being able to have that communication and see that, you know, she can communicate differently than I can. And she's also learned that if I have my phone in my hand to ask me to put it down before talking to me. Um, so, so things like that, you just learn how to, to better talk to, to that person. Maybe not everybody. Cause I've, I still struggle to communicate with other people. I still get frustrated when other, when other people don't get what I'm trying to say. 
but it's easier to to help her to understand what I'm trying to say because we've had that time to learn how we process things, how long it takes to process things, and it that was something we struggled with for was the processing of things we would say um, because you can't see faces, so you don't know if someone's thinking, you don't know if they're rolling their eyes, um, and she she takes a while to process things, not not a bad way, but like if I say something or if I ask a question out of the blue it'll take her a few seconds to process the question, formulate an answer. And she's not the person to say, let me think about that. She's going to sit there and think about it. And so on the phone, that's very difficult. But face to face, you learn, you know, I've learned to be patient with her because on the phone I had to wait in silence with no indication that she was thinking. It sounded like she hung up on me. And, you know, so in person, it makes it a little easier to wait for her to process my questions because I already know that that that's there. Um, so that's probably an example I can give. You just you just learn better as individual. Like, it's a per couple thing, I guess. Is like the way me and my wife communicate is going to be different than the way you and your wife communicate. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, well, I I'll let you go because I know it's your your Saturday, but it's been um, really interesting to talk to you, and you I think you've you've given some good tips and good good insights. Um, well, thanks for having me. I, I can say I don't think I've, I've actually ever shared this uh, publicly before with anybody. So um, I'm actually, thank you for having me because being able to talk to this and having her next to me, she's got a smile on her face too. So just kind of remembering all this is actually, it's done something for me too. So I want to, I want to thank you for, for having me. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm honored to, to, to have, have heard your, your story. Um, just, just before we go, uh, if you know, if, if people wanted to catch up with you or talk to you or, or ask you any questions or, or know what you're up to, where where can people find you? Um, there's a couple of places. Uh, one, I'm on I'm on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Facebook, um, Reggie Dawson, uh, D A U G H S O N. Um, you can also find me on my own uh, my own uh, my own website, beingonstage.com. Um, has nothing to do with being in a relationship, but I figured if I have the opportunity to plug myself, I'm going to plug myself. <laughs> um, but you can also email, uh, Reggie at being on stage.com. Um, I'm happy to, rep- I reply, you know, I reply to everything personally. Um, I'm happy. Yeah. That's how, that's the best way to connect. I don't have any, um, I don't actually do this for a living. Talk about relationships or anything. I know I, I saw your, uh, your, your call out to, to, for anyone that, was interested and I, I figured why not, you know, I, I have something to share that I've never shared before and I think it's unique for people. So this isn't something that I do, but, um, but I'm absolutely willing to, to help anyone that I can and, and connect with anyone that, that needs to be, that feels like they need to connect or anything like that. So it's, it's not, I'm not a relationship therapist. I'm not a professional, um, anything. I just, uh, I have a passion for my wife and we just happened to gone through a, a couple of rough times okay well th- thank you reggie and and thank you to your wife for for being there and to and to back up uh what you were saying um yep. i'll post your contact details if anyone's interested in in following up um appreciate it and thank you for that and have a great saturday all right you too thanks man have a good one okay cheers bye